let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. That us? We That's us? us? All right. Hey, Karen. Welcome back. Hey, Charlie. How you doing? Uh, I'm still a little annoyed. Um, it's been a week. The government has not fixed the shit. It has not fixed itself. We're in the second week of protests following the murder of George Floyd, a black man at the hands of white Minneapolis police officers. Nationwide calls for defunding the police are everywhere. We don't know what that means. In Detroit, black organizers are splintering as one group meets privately with the mayor. Another group who I know has been on the streets for years has denounced them as a media creation. Joining us today, Karen, I think you know them. Activist Joanne Underwood and Mika Williams will be here. And later, remember the story of David Fortuck, the one lung bipolar raging ball of COVID who was convicted of armed robbery only to be set loose by the Wayne County Sheriff. Mm. How could we forget, Charlie? How could we forget? I'm getting calls. He's trying to get a hold of me. He said he's made bond. He doesn't have the money and he needs it from me. But his friend out in the neighborhood, previous Lane French, now worries that he's going to get out and it's going to come under her. And she wants to know, are there going to be police to protect her? and her grandchildren this summer. See, life is very complicated and it's not in a slogan on a placard. It's true. You're absolutely right, Charlie. It's not. I wish it were that simple, but it's not. And that's the thing. So, you know, we're trying to be a voice of reason here. Everybody knows, you know how government works in this city, in this state. We keep track of what the police are doing, the budgets, everything, as do Joanna and Miko and Mark. Right. So let's really get to what's real. But first, no bullshit news hours brought to you by Luke Nowacki, who wants to remind everybody that maybe you're a big time city official who can travel with your entourage on the people's dime. Maybe you're his contributor who in turn gets hooked up with big government contracts. Maybe you're the system. But if you're not, if you're the one paying into the elites who make their pals pockets fat off of your money, If you're the kind of person who actually has to work for a living, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Grow your assets from annuities to individual retirement accounts to college savings. Make the call now. Your politicians, not to mention the unborn children, are depending on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Hit me with the disclaimer, Mark. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Everyone got that? So, yeah, we right. need somebody that can rap that, too. You know, we got to have all the genres represented. So, well, Miko, hook us up. <laughs> hey, Miko. We'll see hey. what happens. <laughs> Maybe you can rap that. Or you know what? Maybe put it to a classical piano tune. Maybe a little <laughs> ragtime. That, that'd be dope. I like I'll, that. I'll send it to you. Let me also remind everybody that Hall Financial wants you to know that mortgage rates are at an all-time low and home values are soaring. I don't get it either. But that's why so many people are refinancing right now. Lower your monthly payments and put some well-needed money in your pocket. If uh, 
you're in the market for that new home. Remember, Hall Financial Services is the fastest in the business. Get your mortgage in half the time. That's why they have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. And remember, appraisals can be done without someone stepping foot inside your house. Call 248-308-5000 or go to the webpage davidhallmortgage.com. 248-308-5000, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1467435. Hi, Joanna. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm just, uh, let's see, let me let me check it out. Good. It's Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> look like a... Look, look like an Egyptian goddess right there. Oh, well, it's important. You. It's important. It's important. You know, I mean, you got to look good for the media. Um, yep. Here's here's what we do. I don't know if you guys are, you know, uh, avid listeners to the show. That's where you say yes. But now what I'm starting to do so I don't fuck up and people yell at me is write my feelings down, lay it out, and we go from there. So I'm going to do what I call the rant, all right? You guys... Mm-hmm. Sit with me for two minutes while I direct where we're going to go with this. Let it this rip, about, Charlie. <laughs> okay, man. This is about defunding the police. We talked earlier, Miko, you're for defunding the police. But let me say this, brother, before we get going, and sister. I know a mother on the east side of Detroit who would like police protesters to come picket in her neighborhood. And it's not so much that she agrees with their demands for better treatment at the hands of law enforcement, which she does, but it's more the fact that there are less cops than ever in her rough and tumble neighborhood since special operations officers have been reassigned to keep order downtown. She tells me we don't have enough police as it is. She got two kids. People are acting the fool out in the streets and you know the police are not going to be coming around this summer with all that's going on. Nobody wants to be caught on camera. Nobody wants any trouble. So what are the kids supposed to do? Police officers I spoke with, and you know I know them, who exchanged their candor for confidentiality and they're right downtown at those protests, confirm her fears. No one wants to end up on the five o'clock news, one of them said to me. So, As the defund police movement gathers steam across the United States, it's worth asking what does it mean exactly to defund the police and what would the consequences of that be? And there is perhaps no better case study than the city of Detroit, one of America's most violent, which cut back its police force and funding during the historic bankruptcy of 2013. Now, some numbers, this is numbers, This is numbers, kids, when you're out there asking for stuff. Funding for the Detroit Police Department has fallen 20% since then. Wages for police officers were cut 10% and have never been recouped. Health benefits for retired police officers were stripped away and pension payments have been deferred. Consequently, Detroit is having severe problems attracting recruits and retaining cops, There are now 20% fewer police officers patrolling the streets than in 2014. And dig it, half of them have less than five years on the force. Think about what that means. As George Hunter of the Detroit News, who's the only reporter in the state of Michigan who actually covers the Detroit police full-time, reports that the use of force incidents have dropped nearly 60% since the department exited a 13-year federal consent judgment in 2014 for excessive use of force. 
Now that's encouraging and it may be due to better training and they've learned some lessons, but morale and effort may also be contributing factors. Consider this, arrests are down nearly 40% since then. Think about that. In the last five years, Detroit police officers have killed nine people. And in the last five years, eight Detroit police officers have been killed on the job. Tell me what other cities got a one-to-one ratio like that. And so now, in the hot summer of 2020, funding and morale troubles have come home to roost. Violent crime you may not know has exploded in the streets of the Motor City despite the government-mandated three-month COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. To wit, there have been uh, 100 uh, homicides so far this year, a 25% uh, spike over last year, and there have been 271 shootings, representing an increase of 30%. And most disturbing, most disturbing, during the 80 days of the COVID lockdown, 18 children were shot. There is no doubt that human priorities in America's largest majority black city have gone neglected. Precious dollars have been diverted to private development. Outright graft has been a contributor to misery for decades. The biggest public works project in Detroit since bankruptcy, wait for it, a 2,000 bed jailhouse. That's right. But public safety is and must be the top priority especially for children, strip the police and who will make the streets livable for our most vulnerable. For more than a year, I've been filming a documentary about children in so-called comeback city. And if Detroit ever did truly come back, which many in the city hotly dispute, and that will be Joanna and Miko, we all know it was never in the neighborhoods. India Williams was shot just over five years ago. All I want from the man who shot me, she says, is an apology. Mm -hmm. He's now Mm -hmm. 12. She's yet to receive one. In fact, her case was closed without her mother even knowing it. His shooter's never been charged, and he's presumed to still be at large. Remember Mayana Lanton, the 14-year-old, shot through the face in 2018 as she stood in her West Side home just getting ready for school? Like India, she was a media darling for a few weeks, Now the cameras are gone and her story's forgotten and her shooter too has never been apprehended. And we all know a rule of thumb in police work is those who use a gun are likely to use it again. The children of Detroit deserve better schools, better housing, cleaner water, and yeah, summer camps. Funding these priorities by defunding patrol officers, however, seems to me like squeezing blood out of a turnip. So where do we find the financial capital to invest in human capital? Start with the municipal contracts, the jailhouse, the demolition program, publicly funded private development. And what can you do in the meantime, you out there, you the person who cares so much all of a sudden about Detroit's youngest people? The police department's hiring, but be forewarned, the starting salary is 40000 a year. And Officer Waldis Johnson was laid to rest Wednesday afternoon after succumbing to a gunshot wound to the head he suffered three years ago when he was ambushed on a domestic violence call. Mm -hmm. He was the eighth officer in the last five years. 
And in those last five years, ready? More than 500 children have been shot or murdered in Detroit. And in those cases, less than 20% have led to an arrest. So I ask Joanna, Miko, Karen, how high does that number have to climb this summer with less police? How high does it, that's where I'm at with it. I'm done ranting. What do we, so what do you mean, Miko? You, you support the fun and the police, right? I think people in America are confused just by what I said. I hope that you agree you're, with that. You're, you're, you're very right, Charlie. They are confused. There's a lot of confusion when it comes around to defunding the police. We've had survey in the city of Detroit by the streets. That's never going to happen. Never going to happen. All the stuff that you described is unreasonable. That's was strike number one of those demands. That's why people laughed at them because we cannot expunge, we cannot erase, and we cannot uh, um, take away our most vulnerable, you know, uh, the officers that serve the city of Detroit that we pay our tax dollars for, we pay into that. You know, when you talk about defunding, you're talking about demilitarizing and people get that too confused. Pause, and pause, pause, wait, because it's going to get lost. There you go. You're saying we're not talking about getting rid of police. We're talking about getting rid of the tanks and the sniper rifles and yes. SWAT teams. And that is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Because that right there in America's blackest city, why do you need that? You know, with all the violent crime that we have, you know, our police, as as flawed as they are, they do try a good job. They have gotten some things. They have tried to close some cases. But the community involvement where we have citizen patrols, where we have community uh, uh, people, you know, we have Metro Detroit Crime and Homicide on the Facebook groups. We talking about more community-based uh, policing where we want to be involved, but we've tried to make, Charlie, here in Detroit, we're in a delicate situation. We don't have situations like other cities like New York and LA and such like that. We have a delicate situation. All of the problems that you described they are uh, uh, paramount as to why we can't uh, just abolish the police in the city of Detroit. That 100 percent, uh, Joanna Underwood, who is um, on the Detroit Charter Commission. Miko, by the way, you're the founder of uh, Hydrate Detroit, water rights yes. advocate and. You belong to another group. What is I? I forget the group. Uh, I know I'm you. a member of the. I'm a member of the Metro Detroit Political Action Network. We've been established since 2016 uh, when we first started protesting against uh, Donald Trump. Okay, now I see you two. I know you two. Yeah, to me, I, I'm, to the listeners, this is legitimate Detroit right here in some position that people know you, and they've seen you, and you make sense to me. So, Joanna, I've covered. Mm -hmm. I lived in New York. I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in Oakland, California. You're, okay. I, what do you want? Well, first of all, the list of demands that was created by that group did not reflect the uh, uh, overall the city of Detroit. Let's do yeah. this real quick. Let's do this so people know what you're talking about. There's a, another group of younger people that aren't really well known. Uh, what are they called? Uh, Detroit Damn, will breathe uh, by any means necessary. 
And really the main activist in this is Tristan Taylor that's being used by some far left radical um, white liberals, whatever they call themselves. And they carry an agenda from California. They carry an agenda outside of our city, outside the state of Michigan, actually, and trying to implement their their agenda on the city of Detroit that not have any of the problems that a lot of those cities that does have a problem. Now we have our own issue with racism in our police department, but it's not reflected and uh, on our police officers. Detroit still has majority black police forces, and that's very rare throughout the country. I've been to Chicago, actually been a victim of police brutality in Chicago. So I've been around enough to know that we we have a decent amount of black officers compared to other urban cities. I mean, only, only thing comparable is what I've seen was in Atlanta. Um, secondly, um, our, our, our citizens never, as a servant, as an elected official, as a charter commission, nobody has ever talked about defunding the police. Now, the messaging is wrong. Um, and they need to correct it. And I was trying to get the activist Tristan to understand that, that, you know, you pumping something in our community that is not even reflecting the needs and the welfare of the people. Now, we can all agree that we don't need our local police department to have army tanks. That's what we pay the National Guards for. We got the Homeland Security. We got the military for that. We want our officers to have regular cars, regular cars and um don't necessarily need all that high-tech equipment. I mean, I was uh, went to the mayor address speech. He had SWAT teams on the roof. All that stuff is type of unnecessary, you know. So those um, basically equipment fees. Uh, we need to look at the administration costs of the higher upper uh, management of our police department. Some of their salaries, which we want to increase the salaries of the people that's actually on patrol. We also have a situation where we have a lot of our police officers that have been convicted of lying in court. I think like 40 or something of them. So they can't, they're not really, can't testify in court. That need to be dealt with. See, um, look at that. Look at what you know right there. The That's true. The hiring process. Yeah, that is true. You can't be a, let me explain. Let me explain what people you're saying. We have perhaps 200 okay. officers out of a, a department of about 2000 that mm have been caught lying and it's, I, I, what is the name? I, I forget it's slipping my mind, but it's a federal rule. If a police officer has been caught perjuring himself or lying, Perjury. right? He cannot testify in court. If a police right. officer cannot testify in court, you cannot be a police officer because you have to go to court. We have that issue. So, so yeah. what do we, give me a list. Boom, boom, boom. They did a okay, list well, of, I guess what should we what should we be asking for if the list okay, that well, Kristen well, what, what should we be asking for in the city of Detroit is that we need to deal with the residency laws. See, my biggest issue with the unions and how the police unions. So I was trying to advocate for us to go at those police unions because the police unions and also the police pension fund, which has billions of dollars inside that pension fund, and the police unions. Yeah, she hit. Uh, I think mute. she muted herself. Mute. All right, while well, while she's unmuting Miko. Yes. Let me piggyback off of, off of what she said, because it, you already know that 
a memory that I have recently was 2014 okay, when you uh, hear me now? Yeah, we got Nico going. Go ahead, you Nico. So, so in 2014, uh, at a water affordability fair on the east side on Six Mile and Gratiot, you know, the Detroit police uh, at the behest of the mayor had army tanks, motorcycles, tiger unit squad uh gang squad had the jump out boys and everybody everything they've pulled militarized on this area of detroit where poor people are going to pay their water bill that is the most horriblest uh uh, uh day i have ever had seen the police ever try and their excuse was when i brought this up uh, first learning about the Board of Police Commissioners, what they do, and how they're supposed to represent the citizens. When I brought this up, I was told there was a threat from the activists that they were going to blockade the water payment center. That was never true. The over-militarization right. of Detroit police, I mean, we've never had any uh, riot, uh, so therefore there should have never been no curfew implemented on the city of Detroit, uh, be it three, four days of protesting that turn into, you know, uh, clashes and turnups as it does across the globe. We should not have any of this type of, of treatment in our neighborhoods, just like Project Greenlight. Project Greenlight has done nothing but identify and racially discriminates black and brown people in the okay. city. Of Project Greenlight, meaning it's a, it's a green light at gas stations and businesses where it's got closed circuit TV. It feeds directly into the police department and they're using what they capture there in facial recognition technology to try to identify suspects, which most of the time are wrong, right? That's what you're talking about. Right. And how many of the crimes uh, have been solved? As you mentioned, uh, uh, some of those cases, oh, the, the green light's supposed to work but we don't see the results. We never hear the transparency. And that's why a lot of people uh, uh, want to defund Project Greenlight because it's just very concerning. If they if, if they banned it in other states and cities uh, across the union, why are we implementing here in Detroit? Okay, I'll go like this. Let, let me do, do the white devil's advocate here, all right? What do you got against some technology that could prevent crime, for instance, when we went from horses to, to patrol cars, when we put radios in patrol cars, when we went from radios to computers, doesn't that help? Not if the technology is proven to be flawed. See, that's the see if it was good technology that actually worked, then I would hear that argument. But it's a proven fact that the different technologies don't work. Even the makers of the technology said it doesn't work. So, I mean, if it, it's not working mm -hmm. and, it, and it's flawed and it's just wasting a, a tax dollars. Now, those tax dollars of funding the Greenlight Initiative can actually go to neighborhood programs, anti-violent um, programs for activists that's working in the community. This is the type of way where we can actually use our resources of our police department to actually go back into the community. That's how we actually prevent crime. And not having frauds in technology and having Comcast pretty much who has the major contract make money. So that's what it happens in Detroit. I mean, um, any way where the city of Detroit can make money with private business, right? It becomes a priority over the safety and welfare of the people. Well, let and me so give I you that's, that's the main issue with Greenlight is that it doesn't work. It's a money grab. We all know it, and that's what we need to change. And the that cameras don't make you safe. And cameras by the way, listen, Republican mayors, uh, Republican members of Congress have expressed concern about the faultiness 
of facial recognition software. They're making the FBI revisit the, the, the whole idea of it. But let me do this. This is where people don't really get what's deeply going on. I don't know if you know. I've made the police commission aware of it. I can't get an answer. The police oh, department was talking about. But here's what I got. Did you know that the police department purchased cell phone capture technology in 2017? Yes, Did you know that? And this is where everybody can be concerned because what this technology does is it sets up a dummy tower. And when they're mm -hmm. looking for a suspect, it sweeps and captures everybody in the area's data, my data, your data, the suspect's data. What do you do with that data? Do you have a warrant to capture that data? Have you gone to city council about this or the police commission? There's so much going on that nobody knows. That's my problem. I believe, Charlie, I believe that because my uh, phone has been like, I'm a target uh, of the Detroit police. You know, they targeted me last year. Uh, all of the protesting that we've done. Uh, I've been a main you know, person of interest. So of course they might be bugging my phone. Of course they're watching my Facebook page, but you know, you're, you're focused on the wrong priorities instead of being out here solving crime. And when you solve crime, you know what I'm saying? You, you can do more faster work than just watching me all day and what I'm doing and what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's the, that's how I know that uh, we're being watched. And you got to be careful with what you say and what you do. You now, know, so, pe so uh, people don't think yeah. so people don't think that you're a nut because you're not or I'm a nut. This is like we got a big, wide audience. What OK, I'm not wearing a mask, but I can wear a mask now after they done put laws that we can't wear masks in protests, you know, for Antifa or what have you. But now it's mandatory for everybody to wear a mask. Come on now, Charlie. Something now, listen, right here. I, I got to do this for everybody out there listening around the world. In 2018, the United States Supreme Court ruled that cell phone location data is private information and that law enforcement agencies need a warrant to track someone through the device. They didn't even rule about taking my data. I don't know what you did with it. In all cases, Detroit doesn't get the warrant. This is the kind of shit, if you want to take to the streets, that, that, that we all care about. Mm -hmm. This is where, these are things we all care about. Let me I also care about children having water. Let me go back to what Joanna started talking about before um, she accidentally hit the mute button. What should... And I say we, and I say that collectively in terms of the organizations and people that are making requests, what should be on that list of asks? I mean, we, we have, pretty, like you just said, by your own attestment, we have, you know, we've, we've been pretty good in terms of our police department. You know, you applauded, you know, in terms of the, the diversity on it. I, I know residency is an issue that's at the state level, but what should we be asking for at this point? So far, what we've said, let me, before you said, uh, demilitarize the police. Right. Get rid of Project Greenlight, a moratorium on water shutoffs. What else? Um, the housing crisis situation. And to go back to what the police department, we also have to like um, um, investigate the hiring process of the police officers too, um, and to fix precincts and all the racism, internal racism that's going on in the police department. That is a concern because we don't want people to be discriminated in the officers discriminating against each other. It was a couple cases of that. That need to be addressed too. 
Uh, also, like once again, I want to make sure the audience know that that list was not created by real Detroiters. These are some outsiders that came in with some, some crappy lists that did not get the approval or any uh, permission to uh, sit down with the mayor to have these demands about a city that they not currently probably living in or being working in, and they use uh, known, well, somewhat known actors, Trish and Taylor, to present it. But we have a housing crisis. Now, when you talk about 60% of the children in the city of Detroit living in poverty, and a lot of them are living in houses that are just unhumane. Because a lot of people forgot, we lost 140,000 houses in that um, housing bubble. And then a lot of people was overtaxed out of their property in the city of Detroit. So now we have situations where people are living in uncomfortable situations. So go back to how you see the rise of the violent crimes that happened in the uh, COVID-19 stay-at-home order. Because you got people that's living in overcrowded houses, people living with people they don't want to stay with because they can't afford a cost of rent. And there, we have a housing shortage, and we don't have enough housing to accommodate everybody in the city of Detroit. And the housing that there are building, building currently downtown and other places it's not even affordable. This is the reason why I advocate for income-based rent because unfortunately Detroiters are now, is now mostly renters and we have to find a way to get more renters to come back to home. Hey, hey, you gotta home. plug, you gotta <laughs> plug in a microphone cause that's all get busting I, up. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask this uh, for both Mika, oh, okay. for Miko and Joanna. Um, here, here's the fear I have cause a lot of good ideas in the abstract. I think the messaging is a problem because it's very hard to get it out in a message. That's why defund the police. People react very differently to that and what it means. So how do you fix the messaging? And the other worry is this rift that it sounds like there is between, um, as you guys would say, the outsiders versus the, the, the rift amongst the protesters. How do you get them? How do you get everybody on the same page and how do you prioritize what needs to be changed and how do you get a succinct message? Exactly. For, for the people. The message got lost. The message got lost when me and Joanna originally did this. When we did these protests, uh, um, the way that it happened is that the children that were accosted by the Detroit police when they came downtown to fight uh, from an Instagram post or what have you, and there were 40 children that were arrested. Uh, that concerned me. So I went to calling around to have those children released and unticketed and uh, sent to their parents. So when we did this originally, you know, uh, the Detroit police actually stood in solidarity. We didn't ask for no permission. We didn't ask for consent. We didn't ask for no escort. They uh, wanted to show solidarity with us. They uh, opened up the parking lots. They uh, let people demonstrate in the middle of the street just to show their uh, uh, voices and let themselves be heard. And, uh, you know, while people screaming F the police and such, you know, we wanted that uh, uh, everyone to be a part of unity because we don't have uh, in the city of Detroit or in the state of, or, or in the southeast of Michigan Miko, the unity of all of us. Miko, again, you, the, the, you got lost there. Mm-hmm. Let me reframe what Mark asked you. The other night, you guys went out and confront, and I, I did call the other group. You know, I reached out, didn't hear back. Miko, you said, I denounced the organizers, which would be um, Detroit Will Breathe. And um, Joanna, you said, quote, you're not going to get in front of these white people and act like you're the leader. Uh, yeah. You're yeah, laughed at by the residents of the city. Yeah, because they, I want to make this clear. These are not 
organizers, these are random protesters that asserted themselves as leaders. So when you're talking about how can we amend and make it right, we're not dealing with activists. We're not dealing with organizers. We are going to be activists and organizers. We fight for public policy change in Detroit. We're talking about random people who just want to protest and march and chant in the street. And they have their own agenda that's probably coming from somewhere else. So that's the reason why we cannot make amends with those protesters. <sighs> now, as far as Tristan Taylor and Bam, we could probably, um, you know, sit, have a sit down with him because he's actually, well, we could identify as a known uh, organizer in Detroit. But those protesters, while I try to convey to you, are not experienced, no, nothing. They just coming up with. I don't know if it's a trendy thing to do to say defund the police. And so I guess it, it, they're just coming up with a list on their own. Mika, what do you make of all it's the white people real. out there? First of all, uh, I welcome I welcome everybody to the city of Detroit. We are a world-class city, number one. Number two, Detroit is for everybody. Number three, we are not practicing reverse racism and anti-outsider mentality. That's what I had a beef with. Uh, Mary Sheffield on Monday, Chief James Craig on, on the same day, Wendell Anthony, Pastor Mo, and all these fraud Johnny-come-latelys. If they ain't co-opting on the water movement, they co-opting now on the uh, protesting. And we not down for that because we've been fighting for this for over six years or more. I've been out there 15 years. Me and Joanna have been doing things for three to four years, and we've gotten instant change in action throughout Black Detroit. You have to work with other organizers, such as New Era Detroit, such as uh, National Action Network, whomever. We have to bring people together. And whether you like the process or not, you still have to uh, communicate, have relationships, and you have to be on one page and one accord. And they didn't do that. That's why we did it on Friday. We brought Frontline Detroit together for all of Southeastern Michigan to see that we are united. And if you want to get involved, you got to get with us. And, and, and I, I like what you did, too. You know what you did? All the marchers, they're not going to City Hall. They avoid City yeah, Hall. Yeah. You went to the mayor's mansion and you peacefully did a sit-in and refused mm -hmm. to obey the curfew. That's right. That's when the curfew got rolled back. That's I right. Know who, I know who you are. What I'm asking everybody, so Joanna and Miko, you got to meet with Tristan and get this thing together yeah. or it, go, it goes away. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah. let me say, Joanna, because people okay. don't, don't know what you meant. While 140,000 foreclosures went on, the city was overtaxing the value of people's homes by $600 million. The illegal taxation made people homeless. If you yeah. can't get that in the suburbs and in the country, then I don't know who you're with because we're all together on that and you'll never get the money back. Number two, when the protesters, not you, the other ones, they decided to march down Gratiot, make a right on the Mac, get mm -hmm. to Mount Elliott. Nobody realized that that really cool house with the spray painting on it was mm -hmm. the house where the serial killer conducted his business. The house is owned by the oh, city. It's still, it's still standing, Charlie. It's and still the school standing. bus drops children off in front of that. And I got to ask you, Ferndale, would you put up with a fucking abandoned house, much less a serial killer house, out of your government? Bullshit. We blew a, a half a billion dollars. And Joanna's the one out there going to these demolition yards with the asbestos blowing around going, oh, no, fuck that shit. You got to you gotta <laughs> Facebook her up. She's a nut in the best way. The best way. 
Oh, yeah, fuck this shit. Fuck money. this shit. And you're right. I also tell you, what, you know, after reading your report, and when I actually found out how much he was paying for the house to get towards. Oh, no. I know. It's okay. She, she, she muted herself again. Do not, Charlie. That woman was elected 60,000 votes by the city of Detroit. That was not by happenstance. And you know how they do it. You know how they do it. That woman, Joanna Underwood, that lady inspired me as a resident, inspired me as a person to like actually push through and to confront, you know, things in a different way. Joanna has good energy. And as a charter commissioner and hopefully a future elected official, she will change everything. That's what we're talking about. Changing the policies. We came down there yesterday talking about real Detroit issues and they went out to march. But the day before, they waited till six o'clock, six thirty to march. Well, here's here's what I'm looking at. <laughs> I, here's where it's at, folks. If you really want to know, where do we get the money? Remember this new oversized jailhouse that we didn't need. It's a half a billion dollars without the interest we got to pay. Okay, it's probably a billion. We lost another four hundred million on the last graph pit jail. One point mm. five billion. Mm. The demolition money, the skyscraper money. You got to pay attention to contracts. You That's where it's at. And I think united in this country is we are sick to death. So go ahead. So when people see me in city council meetings uh, going after the lap puppies of Dave Masseron, the uh, mm -hmm. treasurer and, and anyone else that is involved with not being transparent about where the money is going. You're telling us one thing, but we found out another. And then our clueless city council will sit there and say, I didn't know this was happening. I mm -hmm. saw it in the news just as you do. That means you failed. And now we have to hold you accountable. And they had an opportunity to hold uh, the CEO of the city of Detroit accountable and to question him the same way they do the corporate council and the rest of his lap puppies. He will never take responsibility. He will never apologize or even uh, so much as to provide an explanation. He just said, F you, Charlie, pay this or get out. And that's what and that's what that warning shot was. And that's why me and Joanna tow up the uh, city council budget hearing because it was not told to the city of Detroit because you knew we were coming down there on that 600 million. We had been on them all week before COVID-19. Here, here is my point, my brother. If anybody's listening going, who's this guy? This Dave Masseron guy. You know who he is. This is what I'm looking for in the street leadership to understand the boardroom shenanigans. Dave Masseron is the chief financial officer of the city of Detroit, but he's not a certified public accountant. He's a lawyer. And what did he he's do before he came attorney. to, what did he do before? He's a bond attorney. Yeah. What was his big bond deal? What was the big bond deal he was responsible for? For the sweet water deal in Flint. The in man, Flint. Caraganandi Water Authority. Yeah, Miller, Miller and Canfield. David Masseron, is a, a brilliant, actually, a, a brilliant bond attorney working coming out of Miller Canfield was involved in a, a plant sweet, sweet water deal and all the stuff that we see with the Great Lakes Water Authority. He was appointed by Mayor Mike Duggan to be the chief financial officer, which that came out of the bankruptcy because yes. they said that's they right. said we gotta have a chief of financial officer. He's responsible for every financial record. Other city of Detroit because of the reconstruction of our city government under Kevin Orton, financial manager. So it's yeah. 
totally The point is, the point is, look at how it all works. It's almost too much for regular people. It's too much for the media these days. But I just, I will make the point, if you want to talk about institutional racism and listen to me out there in the countryside, because it's um, class racism, I guess. It's classism. Because when you're not aware, you're getting fucked. Genesee County, yes. you're getting fucked. God, we got poison, and it's going on seven years, and there's no justice. Now, let me do this. If you want to look at some stuff in Detroit, I did a story last year. A baby killed. They were the cops were looking for a baby killer in bed with the mother. They shot the mother fifteen times. She lived. The baby died. The police executed a raid looking for the woman's sister, thinking she had something to do with it. She didn't have anything to do with it by the time they found her, but they broke into a house and the guy that lived there sleeping on his couch took 15 bullets. I wrote about last year. Nobody else did right here. Um, Derek Driver was his name. That was his name. Only I did it. Nobody's looking into it. There's videotape. The chief came out and said it was too murky, but we found a gun. Then he came back and said, well, you deserve it if you pointed a gun at police. But we all know there's no time somebody breaks in your front door. You don't know who it is. Plus, in Detroit, people pose as police and then break in your house. That's well documented. I want to know about that. I want to know more about what happened with narcotics. Who were shaking people down, stealing dope. Selling still won't talk dope. about it. They swept it under the rug. Don't forget we about don't... this one. In 2017, the, the one crew was raiding a house. Another crew was working undercover selling dope. Cops yeah. jumped out of the car and put guns to the head of the other cops. I wrote <laughs> back then. I said, if this is what undercover cops get in the middle of the night, what do you think the citizens getting? And I got no answer on it. So don't think me to be anti-police and don't think me to be unaware of the problems we have with police. And I'm doing like what you two are doing. I'm doing my best to get some order. Let me let me just say this, Charlie. I'm going to respond to all of that. You know, we, myself and Joanna have a couple of times tried to reach out to the chief of police about many situations to have a conversation about uh, uh, many of the situations that are happening in the city of Detroit that we're concerned about and we've gotten no response. All of a sudden, when we turn up about certain things, we're uh, aggressively searching for black women. We're doing certain things. Now the chief want to get involved. He denied Joanna Underwood when uh, she said there was a serial rapist in the city and he denied her for two weeks. Put her in a whole trauma. That is a whole so thing. Came back and said, then he come back and said, Oh yeah, there's a serial killer. We knew that. You didn't listen to us. The community no, did. But wait a minute. We had to let the democratic debate pass because we don't <laughs> need a serial killer run around Detroit with the international media here. He could wait a minute. And then and, they and, still didn't and, tear down the house. We, we, we could and 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 our, and it was a result. Our mutual uh our, our community colleague, uh the late Tangela Harris. Her daughter, Kayla, uh, Nicole Harris, was found in an abandoned house, burnt up, and that, and they wouldn't even tear the house down until we went down to city council, and we kept saying that, and then they finally tore the house down. That's what this, this is This is incompetence really that you should already have your first mind. So when I say the 
what, 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 what I so I am saying, Charlie, for I, I'm tired of all of this. So let's just start all over again. If the first thing of reform is to remove or to resign Chief James Craig, let's find somebody who's from here. I have a name. I have a person you like it, Charlie, because you may have talked with her and you know she's a heart full of love. Corporal Darnie Woods should be the new chief of police. She's a Maybe woman. Corporal Corporal needs to get some seasoning. I, I you know what I mean. I'm not. I don't. She know got seasoning with the community. You need that. She. You need sure. community relations back. We don't have that. She's what very is, good with the community. This is the police. No, no disrespect, and I don't mean that way. That's good, but to run, look, this is violence capital USA. Oh. And we're underfunded. Okay. Yeah, you need somebody with a little bit more of that. We, we, off the air, we'll talk about a couple of people we might think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a list of who. Uh, I know we, to well, be MGM is closed. MGM is closed, Charlie, so we can't roll the dice uh, until MGM open back up again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now think of, I want, I'm going to I'm going to say this and then um, and then let, let Karen think about it. Karen, ask him the last question. I just want to make one more point about defunding the police and what we've been trying to do on this broadcast for a number of months. We've been fed a line of bullshit about how crime was dropping so much, right? Mm-hmm. Wool record dropping crime. I kept on it. That's a bunch of shit. But now when the call for defunding police comes, yeah. nobody in a position of power is, like, uh, is for that. They're like, are you crazy? Crime's out of control. So wait a minute. If crime was dropping like that, Joanna, obviously, mm-hmm. We could find money if, if crime dropped 5%, cut the police 5%. Mm-hmm. Because this is such a nice level of crime that we don't need that 5%. But now we know murders up 25 in a lockdown, shootings up 30, kids are just on their bikes and they're, and they're just unwitting victims of this shit. I can't have it. Karen, um, we, we got to get to uh, uh, our next guest and our sponsor. Okay. So I, I want you to ask. Them. Well, I want to know where do we go from here? And I'm asking certainly everything that you've done has been has been applauded. I told you guys, I've told you privately and publicly what I think about who you are and what you do. I certainly appreciate it, uh, as do many other people. I'm reading some of the comments that we're getting on Facebook Live. But what do we do? I mean, you've been doing this for 15 years, five years. What are we not doing that is bringing about the change that I think everybody wants? So give me three things that people that are listening or watching, where do we go from here? What do we do to actually uh, impart the kind of change that we all want and deserve? And keep it tight. Okay. Keep it tight. The, the first thing for me is that we need to change guards. We got the same people in the same position and we expect to get different results. In 2021, we need to sweep our city council, get a new mayor. We need a new fresh start. We're going to have a new charter. And so I think that's that policy change that I fight for, because I'm a political activist, between political activists and community activists, I fight and focus on public policy changes. And the city of Detroit's biggest problem is that the same people uh, is making policy is in position now. So I think when we get fresh new leadership that is uh, uh, grown out of the community, then we're going to see some changes because right now we have people outside of our community running our city. Okay. Okay, one from you, Miko. So, uh, Joanna, you're saying uh, we need a fresh slate of people willing to step up that are competent and people to pay attention to what they got to offer. Miko, yours? Well, the, the, the politician. Okay. 
the big thing I want here is a uh, it, we have to listen to the people. Uh, this is what we've been trying to do ever since uh, we started the first protest is that we've been trying to activate uh, Detroit and bring them in. Uh, but we have to have um, I'm calling for a people's uh, a constitutional uh, summit that we go over that charter. We uh, listen to the citizen focus groups that have been in operation since January of 2019 in various different areas, and we all go through it together as a community. No lawyer, no hacks, or no outsiders can write our constitution of our city for 16, 20 years, then we can. And then the second one is, yes, we must erase the old leadership and we must put in brand new leadership. I'm seeing people every day that are standing up that could represent our, our best interests. And the third thing is not uh, uh, abolish or uh, defund the police, but it's actually reform the police, but to police the police. That's okay. what we have to do. And we don't forget the water. Don't forget the water. And we stop shutting off the water. Water is an essential human right. We all are blessed to share this resource across southeastern Michigan. So it should not be privatized or outsourced that we got to keep this in house. We got to keep we have the best damn water. But ever since GLWA has taken over, that has declined. So please fight for the water. The water shutoffs uh, start uh, June 19th on Juneteenth. And I'm having a big, big march uh, for the city of Detroit. Uh, to celebrate Juneteenth. We did it last year with Sam Riddle, uh, and it, it worked out as a success. Uh, we're going to do it again uh, on Juneteenth. And I hope you'll invite Tristan. Yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, Come on, no. you got to yeah. do it. No, you got to do it. No, if I negotiated your release, if myself and my colleague negotiated your release and you still haven't contacted us, he broke activist organizer rules. He knows Ooh. better. He comes from the movement. He knows when, when you're a leader, you have to be a man and you have to apologize. You have to make things right, no matter how difficult they are. And even if you want to reach out and he try, don't send other people. You make the phone call. You make the outreach, and you come to us. Me and Joanne, I need you, because mentoring in, in community activism and everything is important. He's young. Maybe, and I'm not saying that as an excuse, maybe you need to tell him. That guy has been an organizer for 16 God. years, Karen. He should know better I than this. I thought he was like 20 whoa, whoa. Oh, Tristan, oh. our age. He ain't no, he, he, he ain't no, he ain't no spring chicken. Well, well, how old are you, Miko? How old are you, Miko? I just turned 35. Tristan's 37. Yes. Yeah. I didn't think he was but that old. We don't, look, look, we don't want to do that because look here, you keep doing it, then you're going to get laughed at and nobody's going to listen to anything. You well, got to get your shit together. Whether well, he's going to do it or not, make a public... Right now, look, let me do this. Now, listen. My broadcast, I want you right now, look in the camera and, and, and offer him an olive branch and make an appointment to meet him. And if you got to be the bigger man to call, do it right now. So everybody listening knows you're a man of peace and a man of moving shit forward. And don't let petty crap get in the way. Go ahead, do it. So first of all, if you don't want to, don't. No, no, no. I'm a man, no, I'm a, I'm a man about minds. I'm okay, not. Go a, on, go on then. So the door is open. Say his There's name. There's still opportunity. Place a phone call. Let's meet privately. Let's talk. You know, it didn't have to be this way, but now we can settle it and maybe hear each other out and see where it goes from there. But again, me and Joanna, we make those terms. Me and Joanna are 
owed an apology. Me and Joanna are owed. Uh, uh, you owe all of Black Detroit an apology. Number one, you owe this whole city and everyone in it an apology, and you also owe the greater people of the struggle. You got to make it right. Be a man, do that, and maybe we can see what happens. Yeah, and I want to say for Tristan, I, I never had none against you. I just feel that you know better to hold yourself accountable. And when you refuse to, and then when you disrespect me, and I'm supposed to be a sister in a movement and a black woman, that that's un, that's that's tolerate that's zero toleration for me. But I, I don't hate him. I never hated him. I'm just disappointed in him, and he let us down because it wasn't like we he was on it was, it was like we wasn't really like working with him closely. But he was down enough to know how uh, with us to know how to uh, how to coordinate with us, and he refused not to. So you got to ask Tristan why did he cross us? Well, I'm gonna do this, Tristan. I'm I'm sorry it turned into this. I didn't mean it to be this. Uh, Return my call. I'd I'd love to talk to you. I'd I'd love to bring you together to get something fruitful done, because I don't think with this going on, you can realize the things that need to get done. My list, Karen. And Joanna and Miko is this. Here's the tagline for us now. Fix the shit. Fix the shit. Governor, the nursing home, the reason COVID rocketed through the city is the nursing homes are cattle pens. Nobody, they're, they're, they're state um, regulated. Fix those. Get those fixed. The water, your own director of health said water shutoffs do not constitute a public health crisis. We know that's wrong. Get the old jail clean. Do the basic shit. And we can't get them to do the basic shit in this state for Escanaba or Detroit or Grand Rapids or Ann Arbor. If we're all going to be fighting, that's that's how nothing ever gets done. So fix the shit, please. Oh, by the way, we're going to have those T-shirts, Mark. Go ahead and pitch the T-shirt. Yeah, there will be uh, <laughs> shirts available at uh, the site will be drewandmikestore.com. Well, wait, go I, I thought I was I was doing that. You got the shirts already? I was looking into that. We yeah. got to talk internally. One last thing for you to do, Karen. Well, I appreciate that. All right. Well, then I'll scratch it off my list. What is it? What's it called? Uh, Drew Mike Store. Drew and Mike Store.com. And those will be up. It might take uh, 10 to 14 days once the order's placed, but uh, we're going as fast as we can. And uh, and after you buy that, you can buy a uh, no bullshit news uh, Charlie the Duff shirt, too, Karen. And what we will do, we will take that I, money. Karen, I'll cover yours. I got yours for you. Don't worry. And we'll pay guys like Joey and Mark. We got to do the overhead. But then we'll also take what's left of that. I won't pocket it. Yeah. We'll get people buried. We have those those grave plots are coming together. It took a lot of legal shit to do it. That's coming. And we will help you get something done. Something peaceful. No violence. What, what people, children are living a better life. That's what we'll do. Joanna, Joanna, Miko, what can we help you guys do? How can, I mean, yeah. we, we, no, hopefully no, we, don't do we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. Like that, Charlie. Just asking in general. We got him on the show. We're going to help the children. Well, we can't, we can't advocate for people. Our children are the first love of my life, Charlie. And, and they are the future. And that's why they're in these protests. We have to support them. By any means, and, and, and give them the tools and the playbook 
you know, uh, uh, let's empower them. You know, we're shifting back in the local issues. Maybe we can get another round uh, to finally fix the shit that we all been waiting for. Thank you. And I see Travia's Lane French popping in, um, a woman from the neighborhood. So I'm going to say, if you want to hang on, go ahead. You guys want to stay on? Yeah, yeah, I have to go. So okay, I gotta roll too. Charlie. Okay, thank, thank you. I, thank I you. hope that yes. uh, that was a uh, Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for doing Bye. the work. Bye. Thank you, Charlie. My Bye. dog. My dog. Yes. <laughs> you know, speaking of dogs, American Coney Island is Detroit's oldest family-run restaurant and birthplace of the famous Detroit Coney Dog. Chili, mustard, and Vidalia onions. Downtown at the corner of Lafayette and Michigan Avenue. Can't miss it. It's the red, white, and blue landmark building. Now open 11 to 6, clean as a whistle. And remember, Father's Day is coming up. A great gift, a Coney kit. A dozen dogs with all the fixings right to his door. All you have to do is go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. And... I got a text from this guy. Can't wait to see what it is. But I wanted to remind you about ADR Consultants. If you're a construction outfit doing business in Michigan, ask yourself, how do you navigate the bureaucracy? How do you keep to the rules? How do you grow your company? And how do you keep their hands out of your pockets? Call Barry Ellentuck at ADR Consultants. Honest, ethical, smart. 248-318-9424 for a consultation. ADR consultants are experts in procurement, government compliance, information technology, and property management. Get the job done right, on time, on budget. ADR consultants, 248-318-9424. How'd you like that segue, Mark? Beautiful, very professional. Fucking good at this. Very, very, very professional. Um, You guys remember the story of uh, the ballot of one lung four tuck? Mm-hmm. Remember him? Forget. Yep. Let me remind everybody. <laughs> I can't. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Trevious, uh, move that camera yes. down. Move it down a little bit more. I can't see. I see your ceiling. Nice. Can you see me now? Yeah, you did yourself up, didn't you? You did yourself <laughs> up. <laughs> I try. I try. Now, <laughs> David Fortuck, been a friend of yours a long time. Not your lover. You're a friend that's no. a girl. You're a friend that's a girl. Let's get that. That's Absolutely all. That's <laughs> you rent the house that you live in, that your grandbaby stays in, from David. Right? I do. It's your home. Okay. It now, is. David, David's going to the state pen. He was convicted of armed robbery. He's a multi-felon. Nice guy. Except for all that. Except for all that. <laughs> he caught the COVID in Wayne County Jail waiting for his bed in the state. They took him to... Uh, receiving and then a harper he's only got one lung he lost the other one to cancer they gave him yep. no no chance to live he slipped into a dreary coma they gave him his discharge papers unshackled him from yep. the bed because they didn't want to have the uh, death statistic or the bill at the sheriff's department he makes a marvelous huh? they released him he made a marvelous recovery he did not die <laughs> oh do you have the COVID? don't tell me you got the code <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> okay. That's my smoker's cough, Charlie. Don't do me like that. Oh, I got that too. <laughs> I love you. We're going to have that bottle of wine when this is all over. You know that. We have to. We have to. You're, we're like, we become family, me and you. So, 
he go, they let him go. He gets better. He takes the public buses. He's going through the sandwich coolers in the suburban gas stations. He's renting out motel rooms. Spreading COVID. All yes. over the place. So we hear the story and sheriff's embarrassed, right? And huh. he comes back to your house. What happened? Go ahead. Take us from what happened. Well, actually, they pulled, they pulled me over first on the corner of my street. Like okay. I did something wrong. I had me pulled over, two cop cars, lights blaring. Then they're going to show me a picture of David talking about, do you know this man? Which I was very embarrassed because you had pulled me over like I did something wrong. And at the end of the day, y'all the ones who did something wrong. All I had to do was knock on my door. I would have told you that I knew David and I would have told them the whole story. That was first and foremost. But then David would not go away. I ended up having to call them to come and get him when he showed up for the second time at the door. They did finally come back and get him. But explain the, the scene. The explain <laughs> explain the scene. Oh yeah, he was in the shower. He was butt ass naked in the shower. Butt ass naked. And then when I said, yeah, because when I he when he showed up the second time, I thought he was my son, so I opened the door. It ended up being him. So I'm sitting here nervous as a fucking wreck. I ended up texting the sheriffs that pulled me over, which were the from the tethering unit, mind you. They weren't even, I mean, why are you pulling me over? You from the tethering unit. We're not even going to go there. Anywho, I, anyway, I ended up calling them, and they came and got him. He was in the shower, butt naked. They put a mask on, and they took him out. But at the end of the day, he shouldn't even be available to do any of that. I had to go buy a pistol. I was scared for my fucking life. I didn't tell him I had a pistol, but David is bipolar. So I, I didn't know if he was on his medication, off his medication, or what the hell was going on. I was scared for my life and my grandson's life. I bought a pistol. I had to drive all the way to Ohio to learn how to shoot the fucking pistol because I ain't never had a pistol. I was scared for my life. I had to know what the hell I needed to do. I didn't want to hurt David, but I didn't want him to hurt me either. And at the end of the day, he shouldn't have never been out here. Period. So, so now you're getting calls from David who's saying what? Everybody. He's making bond? Well, yes, I've been getting calls from David. He wants me to call. Well, actually, he wanted bond. I think they offered him bond, but he had some kind of probation hold or something, which I don't know what the hell's going on with that. I don't know. But at the end of the day, his attorney is not really his attorney is not really concerned about any of that. And David can't get out on bond. I don't think um, but he was trying to get a hold of you to get me to pay the bond, right? Yeah, me He's to trying. pay the bond. Maybe somebody, could, anybody. Well, if anybody goes to like uh, drewandmikeshop.com, gets Store. a couple of uh, fix the shit t-shirts, yeah. I can pay for the bond of one lung four talk and he can come fucking harass you some more. <laughs> no, I don't want him to harass me anymore. I think he's come to terms finally with the fact that he's going to jail. Well, I've got some um, news for you. Uh, uh, what? News for you. He did not be was not even offered bond and they got him on another cash bond hold for a, a separate incident. So you don't have to worry. Oh, good. Because I was stressed the hell out. I know the, you wouldn't stop. Calling. I'm not even going to say I was stressed the F-U-C-K out about that whole scenario. Like, why are you even going to let him out? I couldn't, it didn't make sense to me, but I'm not a, a lawyer. I don't know nothing about No, you know business. who you are? You're my sister. You're a real woman living in a real rugged part of town. I'm not going to say where it's at. Real rugged, real rugged. You got real. a kid in the house. We got protests all over the country. We got crime going through the roof. You, you, 
you know the police not coming around this summer. You know that. So not coming. I hear, I hear gunshots every night. Oh. Every so night I, I hear gunshots. Listen, you're the woman that we really want to talk to, okay? You're a black woman living in a heavy urban environment. What is your opinion about the state of policing? What need, do we need to defund the police? What do we need to be doing? I'm not even sure what defund the police means. So don't don't make me. I, I I don't know. I don't know what that actually means. Like, what do that mean? Will they? Well, I I personally feel like our cops, that our Detroit cops, should live in our city. That's just my opinion. Okay. I don't understand how you could police us and you're you don't even feel safe. You don't even feel safe here. That's right. where I, that's where I come from. Like if you you don't even feel safe enough to live here. Okay, that's that's <laughs> listen, that's true. Supreme Court ruled you don't have to. There's no way to change that. So the next step, but you're right. I mean, you you're scared to be there. What's the difference, you know, if a cop any anybody be scared with gunshots going off all night? I think they only came and got David because they had screwed up and you had made your story. Right. So now if you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have a story about David, my, my friend, what do you want? I just want to the city leaders to take responsibility for what's going on in our city. I don't think they're doing that. I don't think they really give a damn. I think our city leaders only care about themselves, but that's just my opinion. I don't really think they care. Your protection. I, just, I mean, your well-being. Me. I mean, how can you say you protected me when you let this uh, COVID person out among us? That's not protection. I feel I felt violated. And before you even knocked on my door, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, should I call the news? What, what the hell can I do? Because how can you let a man that you know is fucking contaminated with something deadly and then unleash him? Upon us, like, why? How? How? How were they able to get away with that? Like, you knew he was lethal, but you let him out amongst the world and had us. I was scared for my goddamn life. I couldn't. I was so damn nervous. I was nervous from damn service over here. And you know who came over? You know who came over? Couple of rank and file deputies, the fugitive team, right? Couple yep. of young dudes it was the, it was who, the, it was who the, knew this guy was smoking hot with smoking hot with COVID. They go in, he's butt ass naked. They slipped a mask on him. They put him in the car where he's breathing through the mask. I can't. I look at those guys and I know those guys. That's a good cop. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's oh, a good wow. cop. You know, I assume they're not beating people's asses. You know, I assume I most cops not. aren't. But well, they like were, you, they weren't violent. They weren't violent when they came. You said they were um, very nice. They were. They were very nice. Well, I actually stayed in my room, but the conversation that they had with David was, you know, they weren't hostile. I can say that. Not, not. I didn't get a hostile vibe from anybody that came and picked him up that day. I think he shit himself that day. I think, but because I, I had to put, I had to put gloves on, mask on, clean up my whole everything. Disinfect my bathroom at the end of the day. It was a fucking towel in there that was had shit on it. So I'm guessing he must have shit himself when he saw them. I don't know. That was kind of funny to me. <laughs> don't make me laugh. But it was disgusting. Like I shouldn't have had to go through that as a citizen because of their negligence. Because at the end of the day, y'all was negligent when y'all let him out. Y'all, I'm still straight the fuck out. 
That's a systematic shit we could fix. That's all I was asking for. How can we fix that? How can we fix that? We can demand from the sheriff, from the governor, from the county executive, from the mayor, get in a fucking room and get a plan instead of doing dumb shit, like letting 900 guys out without testing them. You, look, David, David's supposed to go to the, to the penitentiary and they didn't put a tether on him in case he didn't die. This is the uh, shit right. underneath the shit. And you the are the face of it. And I will bet you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Your grandbaby is not going to spend one hour this summer on the front lawn. Not one no, hour. No. Not Within one. your neighborhood's got that checkerboard with uh, abandoned houses I, and, you know, I nice not, houses. I am not. That's I, I fucked up. That is bad that my baby can't play in the front yard. You are correct. You are so correct because I don't feel safe having him playing in the yard. I told you, you this shit every, every, every damn night. I hear gunshots. I can't tell if they're gunshots or fireworks, but I know I hear loud booms and bangs all night, every night. And what, what do you want? At some point, you, every night. Listen, you talk. Uh, how talk, can we fix that? I don't even know what to do. Like, did you say fix how, that? Did you say fix that? Did you say fix that? Did you say I, fix the shit? Like you mean fix, fix the, shit? the shit? What? Fix a shit. Say it again. Why do say we, it again. Why do we have to fix live? the shit? Fix the shit. Why do we have to live in fear every day? I don't know. No way. We shouldn't have to live that way. I should be able to go out every day, have my grandson chill, eat his popsicle on the porch. He can't do that. Mm. So to you, Detroit isn't better. I mean, you know, we've got this narrative that everything is fine. Everything is good. Everything is well. No, no, no. I don't see it. And, and let me let me be the first to say this is my I'm, I'm just not. I've only been back to Detroit for the since the end of February. Now, you so said I, back. I, did you live here before and then you left? I was born and raised in Detroit. OK. As an adult, as an adult, I was in Oak Park in Oakland County. Mm-hmm. Um, just few, just just a few years back. I was married. So I lived in Warren. I am now divorced. <laughs> so congratulations. <I'm> <laughs> Congratulations. That is correct. He is so correct. I'm so happy. Well, I'm glad I'm done with that part of my life. But after I moved out from Warren, I ended up here. And and I can really actually say I felt a lot safer when I lived in Warren. Hmm. I was out in Warren for like three years. At first, I had a condo. Um... During my divorce, I moved out of the condo and moved not far into an apartment. I never had any issues. I, so wait I a minute. You, I wait did. a minute. Black woman jumping eight mile into, you know, the old uh, old story about Warren. Did you ever feel afraid of the police in Warren? Actually, no, because I, I, I actually had to call the police on my ex-husband at one time because he was kind of drunk and inebriated. <clears throat> And uh, they came. They were actually uh, very nice, I have to say. They escorted him out. He, he was actually arrested for domestic uh, violence. They escorted him out, and there was not. A, I didn't have. I, I didn't have an issue. I'm not gonna tell a lie. I didn't. I've, I've never had. I, I was there for three years. I was in war for three years. I never had a problem. With yeah. See, any, at a time like this, Atrevious, <laughs> if you did lie, I wouldn't have any respect for you. 
I, I yeah, no, I'm, I'm telling the absolute. I'm listen. I'm telling the absolute truth. I was never afraid and fear of my life when I lived in Warren. And you are now in and that's Detroit. Right. That's right. And, and you are now, now in Detroit. Now, and I am now in Detroit, and it's a hot damn mess. A hot damn yeah. mess. I had I think- my, my family when I lived in Warren. I, I, I'm going to say I'm the head of my household currently. I, my grandmother's deceased. My mother's deceased. My grandmother's deceased. I'm the oldest of all the grandchildren. So when I lived in Warren, every all the family functions were at my condo. We had get-togethers, no problem, all the time, on all the holidays, never an issue. I get here to Detroit, not even a month later. Like I said, they pulled me over on the corner looking for David like I was a criminal. I hadn't done anything wrong. All they had to do was knock on the door and ask me. But they had me standing on the corner at Avon and Hannah, two cops, lights blaring, like I'm some criminal or something, when all they were doing was looking for David. The big screw-up that they did. You screwed up and let him go. Now you sitting here, got me looking like a criminal, afraid, I don't know what y'all gonna do to me. At the end of the day, y'all had no business letting him go. At all. You did have a little problem with the policing method, which is, look, give me some respect of knocking on my door like That's a, all like, you a had to do. like a like a every citizen should get. You don't got to fake pretense. That's all you had to do. OK, so if, if we're listening, this is part of the problem in the country is a lack of respect yeah. when you're the yes. police are interfacing with the public, black public, particularly knock on my door like you would anyone else. That's even all if, you have to do. Even if this city is fucking dangerous, you took the job for 40 grand, you got to do it. Treat me with some respect. But in just the end, they it. were nice guys. They they weren't. They at, In the end, I guess they were just trying to find David. But at the end of the day, like I said, all they had to do was knock on the door. I could have told them the same information that I told them when they pulled me over. What if he was hiding in the what house? He wasn't hiding in the house. Then. How would they know? But if, if they would have knocked on the door, they would have known. <laughs> I could have told them. Normally, <laughs> people don't talk to the police. You know that. I don't know. I, I'm not. Listen, I'm not afraid of the police. I have no reason not to talk to the police. If they're trying to help me, I'm going to try to help you. I'm going to do whatever I can to help you if I can. Just like I did when they pulled me over. I told you, hey, I have to talk to him. I told him he couldn't come here. If I talk to him again, I'll give you a call. That's what I ended up telling him. They ended up giving me a car with a number on the back. Tell me if I see him, if I talk to him, to call that number. And that's, that's what a, I did. That's what it's supposed to be. That's like in a movie. But have you had any contact? <laughs> I mean, you know how they give you a car, call me if you see him. But have you had any contact, direct contact with the Detroit police? That was Wayne County Shears in that encounter. Uh, what What has your experience been with the Detroit police or have you had any? I haven't had any um, contact with the uh, Detroit police because I haven't had a reason to call them yet, thankfully. Um, but I haven't had any contact. No, no one contacted me from the Detroit Police Department. Here's my question. Here's I my had. question: Have you ever seen them drive up your street? Physically seen a, no. a cruiser come up your street? No. No. You've been there since February. I have not seen that now one time. Loud oh. booms every night, right? Oh, every I, night. I know what precinct you live in. There's a lot of gunfire. There's a lot of murder, right? February, March, April. May, June, almost five months. You've never seen a cop in your neighborhood. 
and I'm going to make you a guess. Only the sheriff said, only the sheriff said, pull me over. And the ones that I called, I have not seen. Not, I, I'm, I'm going to bet you, I'm going to bet you that bottle of wine. You're not going to see another cop until at least September. Oh, <laughs> look, I, look, I don't think I want to wait. That means I win the wine, right? <laughs> no, well, <laughs> yeah. What are you putting wine. up? What are no, you we putting both up, Charlie? The same thing. So I'll bring the fucking wine. <laughs> okay, I need it. White wine or red wine? <laughs> Two bottles. White wine Man, or red wine? I am so stressed out in this city. I, I'm listen. I'm looking every day to find another place to move. I can't do it. I, I think I'm going back, and I have a sister that lives. In Harrison Township, she's it's nice gone. there. You know, people die in t- Harrison Township of old age. Yeah, <laughs> that's where she lives, and she's blind. I help her out a lot. I have no problem when I go see her either. Okay, I, I, I just don't know where we're gonna. I don't know what the difference in politics is from city to city, but I know I've lived. Like I said, I lived in Oak Park. I grew up in the city. In the city, as an adult, I lived. Mostly across eight mile. I've never had any issues. I, I just moved back to the city. I am 51 years old. Thankfully, knock on some wood. I was able to make it this far. But now I'm back in the city and I don't feel safe at all. I don't really know what, what the uh, solution is. I can't say I'm not a political person, but I don't feel safe. In my in my city, and I love my city. I was born and raised in this city. I would like to see some kind of change. I don't I don't know how to fix it because I'm not a political person. But I would like to see some kind of change where where the city of Detroit residents would feel safe in our city and not just downtown. I mean our neighborhoods because I like you, Charlie just said. I've been here for I don't know a few months. I've never seen a cop. They're not. I can remember as a kid seeing cops walking the streets of Detroit. I grew up on Philip and Mac. I can remember as a kid seeing cops walking the beat. But they were beating ass back in that day. They were beating the ass. Back <laughs> I was kidding. I didn't see them beating no but patooties. I didn't see that. <laughs> but I did see them. I, I did see them at least walking around the neighborhood and interacting with their with our citizens. I, I do recall that. I'm 50 years old now. That was a long time ago. I don't. I don't know how bad it was back then. I was just a kid enjoying life, so I can't really say. But well, you, you know what? Like the great philosopher Marvin Gaye once said, "What's going on? What's going on? All, all I know is there's a vast difference between our city and the suburbs. There's a big difference." We'll leave I don't a bit know why that is. Money. It's money and it's violence. It's I know a lot there's of things. Because right, I've look, been I'm going to say this. Trevis, I'll see you soon. Uh, it's my anniversary, so I got to get off. Happy anniversary. Oh, happy Thank anniversary. You. Thank you very much. Um, maybe I'll give her a divorce for the anniversary. Maybe that will <laughs> make her happy. <laughs> oh, I don't think she wants for you. <laughs> All right, listen, I think Karen dropped out. I'm back now. I'm back. back. Yeah, something happened with the internet, you know. This fucking COVID's got to go away. (laughs) All right, so Karen, Mark, Trevious, we're going to go to Trevious's and have a glass of wine this summer. That's what we're going to do. I don't drink, but I'll go. 
I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll, I'll drink. drink. I'll, I'll drink go. your share. Okay. Yeah. You can drive, Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the designated driver. I'll okay, even drink for a bottle of wine for you, T. But don't bring that sweet <laughs> coupe of yours because there's no police in this freaking neighborhood. And you carry, Trevius carries, Mark does not, and I'm not going to. So you chicks got to d- d- defend us. We got you. Yeah, we Wait. got you. In case there's an issue. Now, do you have your CPA on? Are you are you you good? I do. Okay, then we're good. Whoa. Okay. Listen, um, you're both over. I drove my way to Ohio because I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to use it, and I couldn't practice here because all the all our branches were closed. So I drove all the way to Ohio, and we I learned on a. It was a range out outside and outdoor range all in the country. What do you have? what what, What do you have? What did you get? What kind uh, of weapon nine, did you get? It was just, it was, it's a Smith and Wesson nine millimeter. Mm. And what do you carry, Karen? <laughs> when you're out and about, when you're out and about shopping and whatnot, Karen, what's your firearm of choice? I have I have an M and P nine millimeter. I actually have four, but that's that's one. Okay, oh. yes, we'll keep this thing. Don't worry. Maybe <laughs> hey, we can all go. Oh, we gotta do. Hey, Mark, we gotta do a bit here where yeah. like where the gals go to the shooting range yeah, and stuff, and maybe have some lunch. Yeah, 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 that'd be cool. <laughs> Ladies who lunch and shoot. I'm game. I need a little more practice. I think. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be fun. We should do you that. You stay. You real. stay safe. I'm. I'm. I'm worried about you, but you stay yeah. safe. I mean, you should be able to sit on your porch. <laughs> you should. I mean, that's a basic. I could be able to sit on my porch. I'm yeah, man, you should. That's just a basic need, and I don't. Yep, you I should. I in. That's crazy. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, right. I have a little protection now, so I feel a little better. I didn't want to have to shoot David, but I would have. Holy because, shit. You know, See, I mean, that's where the system mm-hmm. like is, is creating shit I don't, I don't that they to, don't need to create. But if it would stand down to me or him. Because he wouldn't stay away. Like I'm, I kept telling him, like you can't come here. I have my grandson here. I have my son here. You have COVID. You can't come here. But he kept. He showed up twice after Man, I told him not on? to. What's going on? So all right. Well, listen. Three previous. That's all. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. See you have guys. A peaceful week. Of see you. And safe. remember, try to love one another. I will. See you all next week. Happy anniversary, Charlie. Thank you very much. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some
Oh! 